David, why don't you come on up? This is David Denis. He is the pastor of United Baptist Church, which is our host church here. And some of you will have been here the first time that we met here on a Saturday night and David came and welcomed us. There are some exciting things that are going on around the building, and I want you might have known or noticed a couple of things, but I wanted David to be able to come and give you an update. So, David, tell us what's going on. Thank you very much, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have notes here because I want to keep this compressed and not wander off and cover everything I wanted to cover. So... I want to go back to about 10 years ago, actually, when I first started here as pastor. Um, this building at that point was basically empty 165 hours out of a 168-hour week, right? We're one of the few church buildings that's actually in a neighborhood in Concord. Uh, and I thought that was just, well, just wrong on many levels. Um, and so, um, because by nature, God has made me a networker. Uh, if you hang around me uh, very long, I'll start to say, hey, you should meet so-and-so, and you should meet so-and-so. I started listening and asking about, does anybody need a place to meet? And turns out there are lots of people that need places to meet. And so I started inviting people in. And I had a very, a very um, sophisticated strategy. It was, I'm going to keep doing this until the congregation tells me to stop. <laughs> and they never did. And my goal, really, was to make sure that this building was used, really, every day of the week. Uh, I have the same philosophy about um, this as I do about books. A book on the shelf is really of no use. If somebody's going to read it, I'm happy to put it in their hands. I'm happy to invite people into the building. So that's what we started to do. Um, our primary emphasis has been on inviting Christian groups for worship and prayer and gospel proclamation and as a base to do works of mercy, especially in, in the neighborhood. But our secondary is just for the good of the community. So we've had community groups who aren't Christian groups in here because they need spaces to meet to do good stuff too. So we've been inviting a lot of groups like that in. Now, fast forward that until this today. And, I, you know, I love my congregation. They're beautiful people. They love Jesus, and they model Jesus in so many ways. But here's, here's a fact. They're um, small. Not individually, but as a group, small. <laughs> old, that's a fact, and tired. These people have worked hard for a long, long time to keep this thing going and raise their families, and that's all moved on, and they're no longer just at an age and stage of life where a new work, <laughs> nobody wants, they just don't have the capacity to pick up a shovel and start something new. Nothing wrong with them in that, it's just that's the age and stage of life that we are, and even though, um, you know, we've been praying, God, what do you want us to do with what we have where we are. So you kind of know that part of the group, because you are part of this story, we now have four congregations worshiping here. So at 8.30 in the morning is Restoration Foursquare. You're here at 11. We're upstairs at 11. And at 1 o'clock is New Hampshire Worship Church. And they're a Nepali congregation. Now, Restoration Foursquare has been with us the longest, about seven years. So we've had a long-standing relationship and actually built a lot of trust. Um, as, as dingy and kind of, well, as catacomby and as this space is, it was not even this nice before restoration came and actually started investing in the building themselves even though they didn't own it. So they've been building a lot of trust with us over time. Um, and then, uh, you know, and I characterize them as uh, they're four times our size. 
they're half our age and they're 10 times our energy, right? And it, it's, it's very true. Uh, and so last year, almost a year ago, not quite a year ago, we actually entered into, I would say, formal conversations with RFC about this question. What would happen? How would it work? Could it be that Restoration Foursquare could assume ownership in this building and make the repairs and take over the upkeep to release United Baptist Church from that responsibility? Partly financially, but partly also in terms of um, just energy. Because we have a couple guys who do, were doing most of that work, and when this came out, their response was, oh yeah. Because <laughs> it's just getting harder and harder to keep up with some of the things. So long story short, TLDR, skip ahead to this last June, and Restoration Foursquare and United Baptist Church both approved formally in church meeting a covenant agreement between the two churches by which we will, and we are, transferring ownership of this building from United Baptist Church to Restoration Foursquare. Now, as pastor of one of those congregations, I have to tell you, I feel like I've been walking through this well at a map. This is very unusual stuff, but we really feel that this is where God is leading. And let me give you some concrete examples of why I think that. Um, I don't know. Do any of you have Baptist background? Okay, so you guys do. Okay, then I'll have to explain this a little bit. Uh, Baptists do things through what's called congregational polity, which means we get together and we talk about stuff and we decide the big things. We, the pastor is the spiritual leader, but the pastor doesn't set the course of the church necessarily. The congregation together does that. It's just it's a different way of doing things. But I've been in Baptist circles since I was a little kid, and this, this amazed me. In our January business meeting and in our April business meeting, what was really amazing to me is how unified the congregation is on this one thing. They want this building at 39 Fayette Street to continue to be a church, to continue to be a place for the worship of Jesus and the proclamation of his good news. They do not want this place to be like Sacred Heart or St. Peter's or First Congregational. You read, you read the news, right? They want this to continue to be what it is. And as we walk through this process, one of the things we realized is that we kind of knew we were behind on things, but we didn't know how far we were behind on things. So, for instance, one of the things that Restoration is doing pretty soon, besides all the cleanup, and so, anybody ever moved out of a house after you lived in it for a couple decades? Yeah. Well, this is a lot of this is a big family, a lot of decades, a lot of clean out <laughs> has taken place. Um, the Edwing, the flat roof on top, needs to be replaced. That's sixty or seventy thousand dollars, and they're doing that. The front steps. You may not realize that, but the front steps out here. Um, the granite blocks in these, you can't get granite blocks that big anymore. And it needs to be fixed because it's washing out from underneath. Repairing that is seventy-five dollars to $100,000. There's a lot of brick work that needs to be done, a lot of stained glass work that needs to be done, a lot of other stuff that needs to be done. Um, and they're able to carry that on in a way that we can't. And as most of you probably know, these kind of things do not get cheaper as time goes on, right? So in that sense, we are we are kind of circumventing what has happened in some churches in New England where people just kind of cling to what they wish was still the case until 
everything falls apart and nobody wants it and the building, right? We don't want that to happen. And we do believe, as hard as it is, because there's a grieving process involved for, for many people, as hard as it is, we do believe that this is God's provision, that this would continue to be, right? Um, that he will grow greater, we will grow lesser, right? And that's, that's really the, the point of the, of the deal anyways. So those are some of the things going on. I don't know if you get upstairs very much, so I don't know if you have a comparison. You pretty much stay down here in the catacombs, I think, like the ancient Roman Christians, which, you know, God bless you, right? This is great. Um, we're glad to provide the space for you. And just think of that. You're, you're in line with the Roman Christians back in the day. So when you read Paul's letter, this should be real to you in a, in a way, right? Um, please don't, nobody bury dead people on the sides. We don't, we don't need that. Um, yeah, but we're, it's, it's really quite something. We do believe God is at work. It's not at all the way that we imagined he would be at work or that we even had hoped that he would be at work. It, it's, when we pray to God that he would you know, provide for these things, this is not how we imagined it would work out, but here it is, right? He has a sense of humor, uh, and here we are. So what that means down in, down the future is um, part of our agreement is they will take over the ownership and responsibility of the building. United Baptist Church will have a place in perpetuity for to meet here as long as we need to. And and Kevin has expressed his intention to continue in what I'm, for lack of a better term, calling the ministry of hospitality. In other words, you ain't going anywhere either, right? Because this has been a good thing. It's been a good thing for them. It's been a good thing for everybody. It's been a good thing for the church in the city. It's been a good thing for the community. Why would we stop, right? So we're just going to continue. But um, it does mean that someday the floor may be nicer down here, <laughs> right? It does mean that uh, eventually one of the things they have in mind in the future is to install um, air conditioning, like real air conditioning, uh, in in important meeting places throughout the building, like the sanctuary, like down here, like the meeting room, right? It does mean that we'll be able to become, or at least begin moving in the direction of ADA compliance. Because I don't know if you know this, the only handicapped accessible place in this building is the sanctuary upstairs, which is great, as long as you don't need to go to the bathroom. You see, because there's four steps between here and the bathrooms, right? So those kinds of things we have had in mind our church has had in mind for a long time, but we just didn't have the capacity to do it. And God has brought somebody that has the capacity to do it. And we're partnering together in this and working together in this, and God is teaching us a lot about what it means to follow Jesus and be more like him in the process. So thank you for being part of it. It's really important um, that you're here. It's, it's really, f I tell you what, I'll, I'll close with this. Uh, last week, there's a group in town called In Town Concord and they promote downtown businesses. And they hosted a tour, a walking tour, for about 100 people last week. And the idea is to go into buildings in the city and maybe go into parts of those buildings where you normally don't get to go. Like a couple of years ago I did this and I got to go to the attic of City Hall. Anybody else ever been there? Yeah, right? So, so this year the theme was churches. So they did um, St. John's Evangelist, they did St. Paul's, they did um, uh, First Church of Christ Scientist, and United Baptist. So I got to tell people about the history of this building, which we can cover another time if you'd like me to come back. Uh, 
but here's here's the here's the thing. I let off my talk after introducing myself by saying we host four congregations: United Baptist Church, Restoration Forestry, Cornerstone Community Church, and and New Hampshire Worship Church. And it was really fascinating because we had all kinds of people, religious people and non-religious people, right, in the in these groups, and. Um, several of them came up to me and said, that's just the coolest thing that you have different churches in this one building. That's really cool. And my response to them was, yeah, we just think that it makes Jesus happy when we share. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. This, your being here is a testimony to the outside world of God's goodness and graciousness and his good news in Jesus. Just your being here. So keep coming. We love that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I gotta go back to work. <laughs> Sue Ellen and Joy, you can come up. Uh, they're gonna be leading us in music. And I just wanted to remind you, you know, we talk very often about how our strategy is to welcome people wherever they are on their spiritual journey, take next steps, and that one of those next steps is to give consistently. And we talk about giving in percentage and giving on a regular basis. And I, I, I think you caught it, but when David was talking about, he mentioned at least four different churches or buildings that used to be churches in the area that have been lost to kingdom of God purposes because the congregations dwindled and died away and there wasn't money to, con to keep things going. And among the many things that David has done right and that we should applaud him and their congregation for is to figure out a way and to be humble enough to work with God so that this congregation and this building continue to be used for kingdom of God purposes. And they let us use this, but we do contribute. We pay something on a monthly basis. And so just by our being here, you guys, as you give, are a part of that. And for generations to come, this will be a place of worship in part because of your giving. So thank you.